You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. New Year's resolutions? No way. I am not one to make New Year's resolutions. If you want to make a change, I believe you can make it any day of the year. I do, however, make and write down photography goals for myself. So in this episode, I'll be telling you about 10 film photography related goals that I want to crush (laughs) by the end of March 2020. Keep listening and find out what they are and how I keep track of them. I'm Matt Murray and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Film cameras. Instant cameras. And everything analogue photography related. my friends how are you i hope you are well wherever you are all around the world happy new year to you and your family it's now 2020 and we're now what eight days into 2020 wow doesn't time fly It's still school holidays here in Australia, so all of us have been off work and off school. The missus has gone back to work today. Someone's got to earn the money (laughs) and pay for everything, right? Um, We've had a few days out, though. So we went down to the northern Gold Coast one day. My son had a go-karting party. So he went go-karting with his mates and we took my daughter along and my daughter enjoyed the climbing wall. She was very good at that. And then she had to go at this thing called the meat hook ride. So on the ceiling of this indoor go-kart track, there was like a, a rail and she was in a harness and she got put on this hook and she was sort of flying around the the ceiling of the indoor go-kart arena as my son and his mates were flying around the track down below. At the end, the boys played laser tag and my daughter asked if we could join them. So we went and played against my son and all his mates and it was a Murray 1-2-3. So my son won laser tag. It was kind of every person for themselves. Uh, My son won, my daughter came second and I came third. Do not mess with the Murrays in laser tag. We also had a day out down the Gold Coast on a different day about or just over a week ago. We went down there and first of all, we went to the shopping center, Pacific Fair shopping center. And we had a walk around in the nice air conditioning because it was about one o'clock in the afternoon, which is probably the worst time to be in the sun with, uh, you know, getting, you know, skin cancer and all that kind of stuff. So we thought, right, we'll stay out of the sun for a little bit. And the kids had a good time shopping or mostly my daughter, actually. But we went into H&M. And that's where I bought something. I bought a Kodak t-shirt. It's a white t-shirt with a colorful sort of Kodak logo. And on the back, it's got something about a Kodak moment. I can't remember what the exact words are. Uh, It was 25 Australian dollars, which is probably around, what, 17 US? Uh, So there you go. Does that count as gas? Does that count as a photography purchase? I'm not sure. After that, we drove down to Palm Beach. There's a nice child-friendly swimming area there. Uh, But when we got there, the kids said, oh, Dad, we don't want to swim in that shallow bit. We want to swim in the surf. So they got their little surfboards, and we went out to the surf beach. There was a lifesaver, a lifeguard, you know, patrolling the beach there. had the flags, the red and yellow beach flags, so we knew that we could swim between them. And the kids went out and had a great time on their little surfboards. 
There's actually a lot of seaweed in the water, loads and loads of brown seaweed in tiny sort of little particles of it. And so they're coming out of the, the ocean with all this brown stuff on them. We had to go wash it off and towel it off them. Now, yesterday on the news, I actually saw that there's actually something else in the ocean down at Palm Beach. They actually spotted a four meter, which is what, 12 feet? Great white shark. Yes, there was a shark just off Palm Beach. I think it was quite a, a bit away from the shore. Uh, my kids were in a very shallow kind of area, probably only about, you know, three three to four feet deep, um, a metre, one metre, 20 deep. Uh, and the, the shark was out quite a bit further. But still, uh, a little bit disconcerting when you see that on the news, and that's pretty much exactly where you were swimming as a massive shark. So, yeah, I think we'll be a little bit careful next time we choose somewhere to swim. Now, of course, during all of these outings to the cart track and to the beach, I took my little cameras with me. So I have been out and about taking photos. And I've also made a few special trips down to one of my favorite haunts down at Victoria Point where all the boats are. I love that place where all the little dinghies and little catamarans are. I love going down there just to take a few photos. So I've been taking out my Olympus Pen FT, which of course is a beautiful Japanese half frame camera. I loaded that up with Agfa City Precisa. Precisa? How do you say that? I don't even know. But it's Agfa 100 speed slide film. So I'm taking half frame pictures on slide film and I'm really looking forward to getting them back. I'm only about halfway through the roll. That's the thing with half frame cameras. You take loads and loads of photos and then you look at the counter and it says 12. And you're like, uh, okay, I'm not even, you know, halfway through the roll yet. So I, I took quite a few down with the boats, took quite a few at the beach. I'm looking forward to seeing them. On my days out, I also took my emulsive 2019 Secret Santa present from Brooklyn in Michigan. Of course, it's the Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim. So I've been taking photos of that. I loaded up some uh, double jelly film that Brooklyn sent me in it. So I think I'm about uh, two thirds of the way through the roll with that one. So looking forward to getting those photos back. First time I've shot with the Ultra Wide and Slim and first time I've shot with double jelly. So I'm hoping for some really cool cool results. I've also taken some other cameras out with me. I think I've still got a roll of film and a little Minox I have. And um, what else have I taken out? Oh, I took my RF70, of course, to take some Instax wide pictures. Uh, so yeah, I have been getting out and about taking photos. Now, of course, you may have seen on the news that there are some terrible, terrible bushfires in Australia at the moment, absolutely devastating large parts of the country. I think there's been something like 480 million animals killed, uh, you know, including native Australian animals and livestock. Um, people have died. Dozens and dozens of houses have been engulfed by flames and destroyed. Uh, and, you know, the air quality down in many parts of those communities is just absolutely terrible. You know, orange, blood red sort of skies in the middle of the day, almost looking like nighttime uh, in some of those places because of the huge sort of clouds of, of smoke and stuff. Uh, I am luckily, we're not in that part of the country. We're up in Queensland. We did have some bushfires earlier in the year in Southeast Queensland, or sorry, earlier, late in 2019 in Queensland, but we've had nothing recently. We have had a little bit of rain here and there. Um, so maybe that's dampened things down a little bit for us. I'm not sure, but yeah, all those bushfires are down South. Um, they're in, uh, sort of Eastern Victoria and Southern New South Wales at the moment and also around Sydney. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people from overseas have actually been asking me and my wife, you know, are you guys okay with the bushfires? But, uh, Australia is a, a very, very large country. 
Thankfully, we're not being affected by those events at the moment, but of course our thoughts are with those people who are being affected. Wow, that was a long introduction for what I think is actually going to be quite a short episode. Just a quick recap, I'm Matt Murray, I'm a photographer and camera enthusiast from sunny Brisbane in Australia. This podcast is all about analogue photography. In many episodes of the podcast, I review a different film or instant camera, telling you about its history, its features, what it's like to use, and what kind of photos you can expect from it. In other episodes of the podcast, like today's, I will chat about a particular topic in film photography. Today's episode, episode 25 of Matt Loves Cameras, is all about setting photography goals. You can see the show notes from most of the episodes on the website mattlovescameras.com and I'll put some of the photos up from episodes on the show's Instagram at mattlovescameras. I am a couple of episodes behind actually with the show notes but I'm hoping to fix that up very very soon. So let's talk about photography goals. Now, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I kind of think that if you want to make a change in your life, you should be able to do it any day of the year, not just on one day of the year. But I do set myself 90-day goals. And in January, or about a week ago, I actually set myself my 90-day goals that I want to accomplish in January, February, and March this year. So I will run through them in a second. Now, you might say, well, why 90 days? And to me, that's a really good period of time. It's not too short, it's not too long, it gives you enough time to focus on what you want to achieve in that sort of sprint of 90 days. Sometimes when I've set goals over a longer period, say 6 to 12 months, I've lost interest in them or you put them off because you think you have a long time to accomplish them. So to me, 90 days is a really good time period to stick to. And here are my goals for the next 90 days. Well, the next 82 days because we're already 8 days in. So my first goal in this 90-day sprint is to publish my first film photography zine. This is something that's been on my mind for probably about a year now. I've been looking at other people's zines, really enjoyed them and thought, yeah, I'd love to do this. I'd love to share my work with the community. So I've been planning this zine probably since uh, September, October. The last part of our trip overseas was one week on the Isle of Wight. Of course, I've already done episodes on Hong Kong, Switzerland, England, Shropshire, and when I met Graham from Sunny 16. The last part of that trip was the six or seven days that we spent on the Isle of Wight. I took the undeveloped films with me back to Australia, and I sent them off when I got home. And when I saw the images from some of these roles, I was like, wow, uh, you know, some of these images look fantastic. The colors, the textures, just the light that was there on the Isle of Wight. And I decided then, right, I'm going to make a film photography zine. Uh, And that was in mid to late September. And here we are in January and I still haven't done it yet. To be fair, though, I have actually laid out probably 80% of the zine in InDesign. So I knew a little bit about InDesign, uh, and I've been sort of honing my skills in InDesign. Uh, so I've been doing that. I've probably done about 80% of the text and the photography layout. Uh, it's probably just a few sections that I'm not sure what to do with, and I'm kind of procrastinating over. But I do really need to finish them off and send them off for printing. And uh, yeah, I'll be doing a launch episode And I'll be telling you all about our six days on the Isle of Wight when I launch the zine. Now, another thing which kind of has delayed a little bit was I was searching for someone to use to print my zine. Now, a lot of people in the community use Mixum. Now, Mixum, until about two weeks ago, 
they had no Australian office and you had to buy through the UK and get them shipped over from the UK and uh, the shipping was expensive. But about two weeks ago, Mixum opened their office here in Australia. And I think that's who I'm going to go with. Uh, I really did like the the format of the the Ben Mills hip shoot film four stop scene, that square 21 centimeter. I think it's just over eight inches squared book. So I think I'm going to choose that format. Uh, so yeah, hopefully the zine is not too far away. Stay tuned. Number two on my list of goals for the first 90 days of 2020 is to develop my own black and white film. Now, I've had most of the kit to do this for some time. I have got the change bag. I've got the Cine Steel monobath. I've got the Patterson tank. I've got the film leader retriever. I think the only thing that I haven't really got is the clips where you hold the film up. Is that what you do? You put the hold, clip the film up to dry it or something? I don't know. So that's something else on my list. I've also had the offer from the lovely Alistair Dougal, who has offered to take me through the whole process as well. So what I might do, I might see if I can crack on with the mono bath and get a role developed. And then I think Alistair might be coming to Brisbane very soon. Um, and maybe, yeah, we've talked about maybe him showing me how to do it. Uh, he did make the, the comments. <laughs> I hope he doesn't mind me broadcasting this, but he did make the comment that mono bath is for wimps. Um, so um, maybe I'll do a mono bath as my first go and then maybe Alistair can, can show me the, the, the proper way to do it. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Number three on my list is to shoot medium format. Of course, if you've been listening to this podcast since the start, you'll know that I have not featured any medium format cameras, but I do actually own some. I own Diana, I own a Holger, I own a beautiful Rollerflex, I own a Bronica SQA. So I'm hoping to get the Bronica out very soon and shoot some medium format film. I've also got a mini attack of gas over another medium format camera. And, um, you know, I think my days of gas are behind me. I, I'm feeling like I don't want to buy as much anymore, mainly because I haven't got a job at the moment and I can't afford anything. Um, but there is one camera, when I do get a job again, fingers crossed, um, there is one camera that I'm eyeing off. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned to find out what that is. Number four on my list is to have a net reduction of 15 cameras in my collection. So I've been very careful with the wording there around what I've said. I've said a net reduction of 15 cameras. So that means that I have to, I can actually buy new cameras if I can afford them, which I probably can't, uh, but I have to have 15 less cameras by the end of March, 2020. So yeah, I'm looking at that now, looking at which ones I have in saleable condition and I can get rid of, make a bit of money. And uh, yeah, that's sort of, hopefully a goal that I can continue throughout the whole of this year and really get all these cameras down and out of my way and concentrate on the ones that I really love. Number five is to keep track of how much money I spend on photography. So this is an interesting one. Um, I'm not doing this to try and make myself feel guilty about what I spend on photography because quite honestly, you know, I earn a little bit of money from photography. Photography gives me an enormous amount of joy and, you know, self-fulfillment and all that kind of stuff. It really does make me a happier, calmer person. It gives me something to, to think about, to concentrate on. So it, it brings an enormous amount of, of positive benefits to my life. 
so it's not intended to, to make me feel guilty. I guess it's just made to make me feel more aware of how much I'm spending on photography. So I want to keep track of how much I spend on film, how much I spend on developing and scanning, how much I spend on cameras, books, everything. And so, of course, the grey area is that Kodak t-shirt that I bought the other day at H&M. Does that go in my spending tracker as well? Or is that not really gas-related? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing. I want to keep track of it all. Because, of course, I, I sometimes look around the room and, I, you know, I've bought a lot of items for 10 20 30 40 $50. And you actually look around and you think, you know what, if I hadn't bought all that stuff, could I have afforded a Leica? You know, you kind of think about what else you could have done with that money. Now, most of the items I buy, I actually buy for a good price because I know that if I want to get rid of them, I can pr pretty much get my money back for most of them. So there's always that in the back of my mind when I buy stuff. My sixth goal for the first three months of 2020 is to read two photography books. No, actually, I'm going to make it. I'm going to change it right now. Read three photography books. So I have so many photography books. I have them on the shelves. I have them in my bedroom. I have them on the floor. And quite often I get them, I flick through them and think, oh, that's interesting. Or I'll read that bit one day. And I never do. So I'm going to pick out three photography books, one a month. And I'm going to make sure that I sit down and actually read them pretty much cover to cover. I think when I wrote down my goal for two photography books, I was probably thinking of one of the books that I started about a year ago called The Road to Seeing by Dan Winters, <laughs> which is a really interesting book, but it's a very big book as well. It's probably, I don't know, three, four inches thick. Um, so that's one of the books that I might get stuck into. And I'm not sure about the other two. Uh, I'll have a look. I'll probably, I'll probably choose one long book, one medium book and one short book. But I definitely want to try and, and finish them off and uh, yeah, not feel guilty about the fact that I bought them and haven't finished them. So that's one of my goals as well. Number seven on my list is to do an emulsion lift. So just reading from a Petapixel article here, the definition of an emulsion lift. An emulsion lift or emulsion transfer is when the emulsion layer is removed from a sheet of instant film and then transferred to a different surface. So what you're essentially doing is deconstructing the Polaroid and just lifting off the image bit, which is very thin and very fragile. And you can sort of lay it out on watercolor paper and all sorts of other things. Um, so I really want to do that. There's lots of YouTube videos as well on how to do that from people like Matt Day and Analog Things. So I've got most of the equipment here and I'm really looking forward to giving it a go. Now it only really works with Polaroid images. So apparently the original Polaroid images, you know, pre-2006, that was the best stuff to use. The, the chemistry and the way they were manufactured made them perfect for emulsion lifts. You can do them with Polaroid Originals images I've read. It's maybe not quite the same though because the thickness is different and the chemical makeup of the new images is slightly different. So you can do it, but apparently I've heard it's a bit more fiddly maybe. Um, but you can't do it with Instax images. Many people have tried and failed and apparently the way that they're sort of an Instax image is constructed in that little frame is different and you can't get the emulsion to lift off. Number eight on my list is to catalog and back up my film photography images. So of course I shoot film, I get the negative scanned or I scan the Polaroids and the Instax. I save them on hard drives. 
but I'm not very good at uh, putting them in a Lightroom catalog and sort of cataloging them with which camera and film. And I'm definitely not very good at backing those images up. So for example, I think I've only got one copy of some of my, my digital negatives. Uh, and of course, you know, I've still got my negatives. If something bad happened, I guess I could always scan them again. Uh, but still, I, I think I really need to have a better system of cataloging and backing them up to make sure that they're safe and I can find them easily. Number nine on my list is to complete the Magnum online course that I told you guys about in my last episode. I bought this um, $99 course in street photography from Magnum. I've already watched the, the workshop part with Martin Parr, which I found to be fascinating. I really, really enjoyed that. And the rest of the course is sort of stepping through street photography with different Magnum photographers. So because I bought that, I want to definitely make sure I watch it and uh, get all the good tips from it. Uh, so that is number nine on my list. Number 10 on my list is to complete the first part of the 2020 Frugal Film Project. Yes, the Frugal Film Project is back for 2020. Of course, headed by the lovely Sherry Christensen, who is the, the podcast host of Embrace the Grain. Check Embrace the Grain out if you haven't. So yeah, the 2020 Frugal Film Project has started. This year, it's a little bit different in that we're swapping cameras every three months. So of course last year 2019 I shot the whole year with my Olympus LT1 and Kodak Gold 200. This year we've decided to do four different films. So the first three months of the year we're using Ilford HP5. The second set of three months which is April to June I think it's Ektar, Kodak Ektar. Then from July I think to September we're shooting Lomography 800 film. And then for the final three months of 2020, we're shooting, I think it's Tri-X uh, from memory. So we're shooting four different films. Everyone in the project is shooting those four different stocks in that order throughout the year. And of course, at, at, the, at the time of year when you can change film, you can also change camera. So it'll make it a, a bit different this year. I'm really looking forward to that. I've only just sent Sherry my November images for the 2019 Frugal Film Project, and I've still got December's. In a, a in a finished roll of Kodak Gold 200 somewhere around the house, so I need to I need to finish the 2019 project off really uh, in my mind before I, I start the 2020 project. But that should be a lot of fun. If you want to find out more, you can go to the Frugal Film Photography website, which is rr1photography.com. You're listening to Matt Lowe's cameras. Yay! So you might be wondering how I keep track of my goals. Well, it's the same way that I keep track of everything else in my life. I use a free online system called Trello, which I absolutely love. It's a great way of reminding me what I need to do and when I need to do it by. I guess you could think of it as a, a to-do list on steroids. So when you sign up for a Trello account, it's completely free. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, what you do is you create a board around a topic. So when you create that board, you then have a series of lists. So looking at my 2020 board, the first list I have is called key dates. So under the key dates list, I create a card for everything I need to remember. So for example, I go to a boxing class and I need to make, I need to pay them on the 11th of January. So I've got a card in there, boxing payment, 11th of January. 
I've got to pay uh, my car insurance by the 30th of January. So that's another card in there under that list of key dates. I have a couple of articles I need to write for digital photography school. So they're one card each in that list. And with the cards, what you can do is you can actually grab the card and move it from one list to another. So for example, at the moment, those items I just told you about are in key dates. When I'm actually doing the task, I'll move it up to the doing list. And then when I've finished the task off, I'll move that task into the done pile. So there's like a done list. So you, what you do is you're, you're basically creating lists on a board and then you're creating individual tasks and you're moving it along from list to list until you complete it. So I find this a very effective way of keeping track of dates and things I need to do. I put absolutely everything in there, little ideas I have, goals, uh, bill payments, if I need to apply for a job by a certain date, if there's a stock photography call out for a certain theme and they want images by a particular date, I put that in there. I look at that board every day and it just gives me a reminder of what I need to do. I'm absolutely terrible at remembering things, so I find that uh, Trello is an enormous help. So that's my kind of how I organize my life, but I also have a different board with my goals in there. So I've just got into that board now, and in that I've got those the, the goals that I've spoken about today, the 10 goals, I've written them in a list. Each one of my goals is a card, and it's in a list called three-month film goals. So as I complete each one of those, I'll move it from that goal list into the done pile. And I've also got a whole load of other things in that list. So for example, you know, uh, I've got my, my digital photography goals in there as well. So I've only spoken about my film ones on this podcast, obviously, but I've got a whole load of ones around my, my digital photography and things I want to achieve this year as well in there. And I've also got stuff like just a reminder of all the courses that I have access to. So of course, I told you about the Magnum photo course. I also bought things like I bought Ilya Licardi photographing the world of course, uh, probably like 18 months ago. Uh, he's an amazing photographer, Ilya Licardi, and uh, he does all these amazing shots uh, of cityscapes and landscapes. And I think I only got up to about episode three or four of that uh, photograph in the world, number three. And so I just put it in there as a reminder, hey, you've got this, <laughs> you need to watch it. Um, so I've got a whole load of other things in there that I need to think about and do. And again, it's just an amazing way to, to keep track of everything. Now with Trello, you can get as simple or as complex as you want. It could be that you have a board with two lists in, to do and done. I need to do these 10 things and when as you do them, you move them from one list to the other. Or you can get hideously complicated and have project milestones and all that stuff. I don't bother with any of that complex stuff. I keep it as simple as possible. But Trello is, is pretty cool because it has a whole load of functionality in there. It has stuff like due dates. You can put labels on things. You can put checklists. You can attach stuff. Um, you can make templates out of Trello. Uh, it, it really, really is a very powerful bit of software. So, so check it out. Uh, the other thing I have used Trello for in the past is for packing lists. So if I'm going on holiday, for example, when we went to the Europe in the middle of 2019, I did a packing list. So I put stuff like in one list, I put uh, clothing and, I'll, and each bit of clothing I needed to take was a card, you know, like underpants and socks and shoes and belt and whatever. And then in the next list, I put film photography gear and put all the film photography gear I wanted to take each one as a card. The next list I put, you know, medication, need to take my asthma spray and stuff like that. So you can use Trello, not just for goals, not just for daily reminders. You can use it for things like packing lists and 
all sorts of stuff. So um, yeah, I would definitely recommend that you check it out. Check out the show notes at mattlovescameras.com. If you're on Instagram, come say hi at mattlovescameras. Or if you fancy getting in touch, drop us a line at mattlovescameras at gmail.com. So the last thing I want to tell you about in this episode, this must be the shortest episode I've done of Matt Loves Cameras, I think, by the way. So I had a lovely gift in the mail a couple of days ago from Matthew Joseph, of course, who is an amazing helper to the Sunny 16 podcast. He does, I think he does the website and the Instagram Does he do the Facebook as well? I think he does everything. Where would the Sunny 16 podcasters be without Matthew Joseph? So every year, Matthew does an amazing photo book. And um, I've just seen the the inscription at the start. I won't won't read out what it says, but it's very, very funny. Um, Matthew's a very funny guy, and he's got some very good photographs in here as well from a variety of cameras, including his large format camera. What's that? It's the um. What's that one that the Ethan guy does? Is it pterodactyl? Is that what it is? I'm not very good with large format. Uh, but anyway, so it's it's a really cool little book. Very very funny. It's got lots of cool images. Matthew's taken you know, mostly in Melbourne and Brisbane, I think. And in the Brisbane images is one of me. I mean, how could you not put an image of me in the Brisbane book, right? I'm just going through the book now, flipping through it. Right in the middle of the book, by the way. There's an amazing, um, what do you call it? He's called it a centerfold spread. It's a series of images he's taken with uh, one of his digital cameras, actually, the XF10, and he stitched them together in the middle. It looks very, very cool. Um, but going on, we have some images of beautiful Brisbane. Uh, he actually gives a, a bit of a shout out to Brisbane here. He says, what does he say? I can't believe how grown up Brisbane is now. Brisbane no longer seems like an immature teenager. Definitely late 20s now. So proud of you, Brisbane. And in the page opposite that, there's a picture of me uh, in a blue shirt and a hat taking an image of some pink flowers. While in Brisbane, I met up with this handsome rogue, Matt Murray from the Matt Loves Cameras podcast. I let him use the X-Pan for a day and he nearly dropped it. Uh, Guys, there's a much bigger story to tell, which you'll find out very soon about this. Matthew continues, despite what other stories you might hear about the events, it was not my fault at all. Nope. I know how to put a strap on a camera. And uh, yeah, I'll be telling you all about that episode uh, in a different episode of Matt Loves Cameras. Matt loves taking photos of these pink flowers. I really did. I I love those pink flowers. You guys might remember them from previous episodes of the podcast. Uh, They're all gone now. They all all sort of died in August or September. So you guys are going to have to wait until next July or August before I, I take more pictures of pink flowers for you. So there you go. So that's a very, very cool gift. And Matthew's also put in the package, he's put some lovely prints. Um, what are they printed on? They're very nice. They're Fujicolor Crystal Archive paper. There you go. No expense spared. So there's one of the art gallery we went to together. There's one of... Is that me? Is one of someone bending down, picking something up. No, it's not me because it's not my trainers. Uh, there's one of some nice graffiti kind of wall and a whole lot of rubbish around it. There's another one. It looks like it's the Maya Center in Brisbane. It's a picture looking down on a whole lot of people eating at tables. And there's one of a some kind of country motel or 
store or something. I'm not sure. So he sent me some lovely prints along with this book, 2019 by Matthew Robert Joseph. So at the start of the book, he actually dedicates it to Graham Jago from Sunny 16. And in the back, he actually dedicates it to Jack Johnson, who is a, a familiar name from film photography circles. I'm sure you guys might have heard of as well. So very, very good. Thank you so much, Matthew. Um, I really appreciate you sending me that. And uh, it's a, I've had a good read and I've had a good chuckle as well. Oh, I've just realized, does that count as one of my three books? No, probably not. Now, in the last episode of Matt Loves Cameras, I asked you for your tips on beating gas, gear acquisition syndrome. How do you stop buying stuff? I would love to know. So if you have any tips for me, write in and tell me, mattlovescameras at gmail.com or send me a direct message on Instagram. I also have another question for you today, though. What are your photography goals for 2020? I would love to hear them. I would love to read them out in one of the future episodes of Matt Loves Cameras. So let me know, how do you beat the gas and what are your photography goals for 2020? That's it for this time. I'll be back very soon with a new podcast. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Forward slash Cassie NMZ. Check the show notes for the link.